Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of Shared Diversity, where we share the diversities of Muslims in the media. Today, we are welcoming a talented blogger, podcaster, and Muslim in the media, Mahmoudat, who will share with you why and how to read more, how to learn and apply knowledge, and what books you should read next. Note, this is also for non-readers. Don't worry, it's not that deep. And another note, be mindful. Before you jump into this episode, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Shared Diversity Podcast. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. How are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. I'm so happy you're here and you took time. Thank you for having me. So, so to start off, um, mm-hmm. I have introduced you already a bit in the like pre-recording, but I would love to hear from you. How would you describe yourself and just introduce yourself in 30 seconds? Oh God, I feel like I have a little bit of an existential crisis when someone's like, describe yourself. <laughs> I'm like, what do I say? Because, <laughs> um, yeah, it's that thing of like, describe yourself, who I am, what I do. So I'm just going to go along the line of like what I do. Um So I work in corporate social responsibility at the moment, but my real passion is writing. So I would describe myself as someone who loves reading and writing. That's my short 30 seconds. So yeah, I would like to hear more about you being a writer and you're just saying like you define yourself as a writer. How was your journey into writing? Uh, oh my God, I feel like my journey into writing has been... What's the word to describe it? Up and down, for lack of like an articulate word. Um, I think reading and writing is just such a very like synonymous journey. So for me, ever since like I've really started, like loved reading, I've also expressed myself through writing as well. So I read simultaneously as I write, but I, it's only in the past five years I felt comfortable sharing my writing. So even though I'd always been writing in one way or another, I didn't feel completely like confident sharing my voice because I just thought, who cares? Like who wants to read what I'm writing? <laughs> and then it was like um, my second year of university and I was about to retake the year. And it was just such a, like a emotionally rough year for me, mental health wise, emotional wise. And I just thought like, this is one area of my life that I've always been scared because I just like, it was something I was scared to fail. Basically that's what um, I was scared to fail. And here I was failing in another area of my life. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And that's how I started my blog. So it was ori- originally called Muslim Girl Journal. And then last year I changed the name to My Rehla, which is a combination of Arabic and English. So Rehla in Arabic means journey. And then my, so basically my journey is the name of my blog at the moment. That is so beautiful. I wanted to ask you about this because you were saying uh, you, you came from reading to writing and yes. it was kind of like this journey for you to overcome the fear of failure. How did you yeah. overcome this? I think just by plunging myself into it. <laughs> and also because I think the reason why my second year of university was, I think, was such a crucial step was because up until that moment, I would describe myself as a perfectionist. Like I needed everything to go perfectly. I didn't know what it meant to fail academically. So when that happened, it sort of rearranged everything else in my world. So once I knew I would be okay from that, I just thought even with writing, if I start it and I fail, then it's not going to be the end of the world. So I'm just going to have the courage to throw myself into Mm -hmm. it fully. 
And I think also because writing had brought me like just so much healing like throughout the years before because I, I see it as a medium of expression and figuring out your thoughts about the world and about yourself so I just thought this is something that I actually really enjoy doing and I find so much like enjoyment through it and I think it can benefit other people so I just thought you know what like stop being focused so much on like your own self or like your fear of failure and just do it if that makes sense. Nice, nice. Inspiration for others as well. So you come, let's go back from like the writing and you overcoming this and uh, creating mm -hmm. like this confidence of, okay, I can fail here and I'm not going to die. So I can fail here and exactly. just like, go all in. How did you come to, to like reading itself and why are, why are books so important to you? Oh, such a good question. I can't even remember who, who gave me my first book. I feel like it was my dad. So my mm. dad, my dad... Actually, I wouldn't describe him as a reader. <laughs> but when we were young, he used to buy his books. <laughs> he used to buy his books. And I don't, I don't know what it was. I just couldn't stop. Like, I was that kid when I was young that all I wanted to do was just read and read. Like, even now, when my mom comes into my room and she's like, actually, this just happened this morning. Someone gave me... Um, a book set with like four books um and she looked at, she looked at it and she was like are you gonna read all of this and I was like yes I have but it's just it's something that I've always enjoyed since I was young and so throughout secondary school sixth form I just read and read and read like I can't imagine subhanAllah like I can't imagine life without reading I think that's one of the things I'm most grateful mm -hmm. for just that ability to read and to find the joy that I find in it so what would you say um, is the other best books, let's say, that you've ever read in your life? Oh, my God, that is a hard question. How do I do this? Okay. Uh, I can tell you authors that I really love or books that have been, okay, books that have been really memorable for me. Uh, Chimamanda's Papa Hibiscus was like a coming of age novel for me because up until that point, um, I used to read a lot of crime books or thriller books a lot of fantasy books uh a lot of harry potters and jack and wilson's and then i remember in my first year of sixth form when i read shimamanda's papa hibiscus it was like a whole other world that opened up to me because strangely enough i didn't read a lot of african literature up until that point and so reading that book and seeing um like the main protagonist, Camberley, and just feeling like a bit of my life was reflected in her experience. It just, it was like mind blowing because I thought, oh my God, I can see myself reflected in a story. And this is a story um, that is being told from someone with the, like a similar background to me. So that was like a monumental book for me. Uh, Chinua Achebe's books as well. More recently, Maya Angelou, I absolutely adore her. I just, uh, oh, she's like the love of my life at the moment. Um, who else? <laughs> There's so many people, but they're just escaping my mind right now. What would you say is like, okay, so you've started reading uh, at quite a young age. What would yeah. you say would be like the books that have influenced your journey and inspired maybe your next paths the most and why in the past okay i'll say it's the past three years brene brown's um daring greatly is a book that i refer to all the time so i, I mentioned earlier about how up until like a couple of years ago i would have described myself as perfectionist and reading daring greatly and just exploring that concept of courage um and what it means to be vulnerable 
it's just a book that I refer to all the time and I genuinely think everyone should read that book um my Angelo like his like I mentioned she um she has a book called Letters to My Daughters and it's literally everything mm. that you want to hear from like someone that's older than you that has lived and seen so much like it's just for me a classic classic book what other book a lot of fiction as well um oh oh my god I can't believe I've forgotten this Chimamanda's um what's it called Dear Ejewele 10 Letters I've forgotten the whole title but that is an absolutely amazing book as well what else I'm trying to is that one that she writes to a kid yes to her um I think friend's daughter or like for her friend in raising a feminist how to raise a feminist yeah I absolutely love that book and I she she signed it as well so that book is never leaving my possession (laughs) I loved it yeah uh what else have I read over the past couple of years I'd be like those are the immediate ones that come to mind Mm -hmm. at the moment so I want to ask you something about your blog right um Mm -hmm. faith personal development and mental health why these three sectors and what do they mean to you I think those three words kind of capture everything about me or the things that I'm passionate about. So faith, first of all, because I think Islam is at the central of my essence and of my being. It influences or affects like every single part of who I am. So it was really important to me that through my blog that I shared my reflections about, you know, like Islam, the way that I see it, um, changing and transforming the world the way in which it affects my day-to-day decisions or my experiences in general and then personal development I think something that's come from the books that I read as well is just that eagerness um to continually develop and to learn Mm. and I think now more than ever like we just need to stress how important it is for us to be like human beings that reflect and grow oh my god I've just as I'm talking now realized another book that's completely transformational uh the autobiography of Malcolm X and I think he was someone that embodied that principle of just continually growing and not being afraid um and not being afraid of change so that was also another element that like was really important to me in my blog and then mental health as well just because of you know, like the past five years and my university experience. And I think the way in which mental health impacts our spirituality is important for us to acknowledge the way in which it affects our interaction with other human beings, the way in which we treat ourselves. So those three things, you know, faith, personal development and mental health were things that I thought I'm most passionate about. So that's going to be the, what do you call it? The main focus of my blog. And just coming back to the autobiography of my ex ex. it's like one of the Uh books i think it it would be one of my favorite books as well uh and as you say this eagerness to develop and to grow i think he also embodied the the understanding of Mm. not being ashamed of your past mistakes but you just keep going on like you can state it and you can reinforce and that's what he does is that like this is reinforcing this was wrong this is what i do now or this was wrong and then doing like this understanding of not, and I think mm. that also plays into mental health. I think we as women, we always put so much onto us, like the things that are on our mind and affecting mm. us in our life. We sometimes don't let it go. Like it still is in our mind and our heart and like it affects our everyday action instead of just, and it, it sounds yeah. so easy to just move on. But I think this is something that, learned from the autobiography is like you can share your journey Mm -hmm. 
but don't make your journey you like you are the person that gets out of from like every step to the next you are not your past so exactly that's it I think that's such an important message because sometimes we're like imprisoned by our mistakes mm -hmm. in our past and we don't see yeah. the future and like it's so amazing that Allah doesn't have that attitude towards us because mm -hmm. that's like what the concept of repentance is about like you ask for forgiveness and that's it it's done mm -hmm. but we have such a hard like time letting go of like who we were and what we did yeah. and moving forward yeah that's very Yeah. Um, so one thing coming back to the books, right? Um, you have mentioned a lot from fiction to nonfiction, uh, and I've seen on your blog yeah. as well as on your podcast, which is amazing, and we're going to plug in a bit. Um, uh, that you read a vast variety of books. So how do you find yes. or choose the books that you are uh, setting yourself up? like you're planning to read it like there's so many different ways that we pick the books that we read so most of the time it tends to be like books so um with the podcast I co-host it with a close friend of myself um and because we read like a similar book so a lot of the books that we've done so far are African literature books that we've both read over the past few years or so and we just thought we want to read again and then discuss about it um sometimes the way that we find books is through the people that we admire and they share the books that they read so for example Oprah Super Soul Sunday we're both huge fans of and so like with the guests that she might have on the show <laughs> yeah. would pick up their books and read it oh, do you watch Oprah Super Soul Sunday as well of course of course ah I love it that's part of the mental health <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. so oh, I just that whole show gives me life <laughs> yeah so that where else do we find our book recommendations I think social media is also really good just to see what people are reading so um like if I follow someone and they're like oh I really enjoyed this book I jot it down and then I go find it in the library or buy it myself so yeah it's like so many different ways blogs social media mostly people that we admire as well because you just thinking I want to gain a bit of their knowledge and I think there's so much that you can learn from the books that people read so we pick up from that as well and how many books do you usually read uh it depends you know what but up until this year I didn't have the bad habit of reading books at the same time like I would finish one book and then start another but because now I've developed that habit of reading multiple books at the same time so sometimes in a month I'm actually reading four books at the same time but it takes longer to complete which is annoying um but I think generally at least two books a month because that's all I do on my commute most of the time it's either I'm listening to a podcast or reading a book and I commute quite a lot so I have so much time yes I think that is what people often understand they say okay I don't have time for reading and I don't have time for this and that but mm. literally you're you you are um missing so much time you're losing a lot of time when you're like commute to somewhere or you you work out for example yes. like you can listen to an audiobook while you work out or you wait you know when you're like at the doctor mm. or whatever you can wait and then read a book and like always have it on you I think that is like a big tip. What other yeah. big, what other tips do you have for people who want to read more and say, oh, I don't have time for this? I think like we mentioned that like the foremost one, I would say there's, there's like different pockets of time that you can definitely find to read. So the thing with time is, even for like busy people, there's stuff that you're filling it in. So realistically, let's say you work eight hours a day and like just ignore that and you're sleeping. But during times like where you're commuting, a lot of time that we now spend typically on social media that we count as not having time. So like for me, I think over the past like, 
three months as a commitment to before I hate New Year's resolutions, but I'm just starting like I'm trying to work on new habits um as we finish this year. And I realize I spend a dis like a huge disproportionate amount of time on social media that's not necessary where I could just pick up a book, like a good fiction book, and just read and relax that way instead of spending all of that time on social media. So I think cutting down perhaps on like the time that we spend on social media is also a good avenue, like for you to read and then like you said when you're working out when you're cleaning when you're cooking there's just so many like there's audiobooks now um so yeah there's just so many different ways that you can incorporate it that it doesn't have to be a huge change of lifestyle if you're reading um like a lot of different books at the same time how do you keep track of the knowledge that you learn see Something that I started this year, actually, because I realized that sometimes I would read book and think to myself, oh, I'm learning a lot. And if I don't immediately jot down what I'm thinking as I'm reading the book, then after I've closed it, because I'm on to another one um, sooner or later, then it's gone. So now what I do is, um, you know, those flashcards that you get, that you get for studying. So I used to use them for studying. And then when I finished, I had so many left and I just thought, oh, you know, what's a good idea? Just carry these around with you. They don't weigh that much. Um, so when I'm on the train, for example, and I'm reading, I have those flashcards. So if I get in, like, if I read a particular quote that I like, um, if I get a reflection of the book that I'm reading, I'll just write on the flashcards. Mm. And so now what I have is just bundles of flashcards from each of the books that I read, which helps because then once I'm done I can just go back and look through it and it's like it's almost as I'm reading it even though it might have been a while since I've read the book and apart from like keeping the knowledge how do you apply the knowledge and how often do you actually apply the knowledge that you learn that is such a good question and it's something that I'm what do you call it like grappling with myself because I think mm. sometimes especially because I read quite a lot of non-fiction books as well um sometimes there's like a huge pressure on yourself to just apply everything all at once and you think now that I've read this book my life is going to be transformed in one moment <laughs> but that's not how it works <laughs> that's so true. it takes time <laughs> it's almost like a cyclical journey so like I'll read something I'll use it and then there might be moments where it's just, I can't, like, I'll remember it, but I can't put it to use. But I think having the knowledge in itself mm. is very useful because there have been like so many moments, even at work currently, like, let's say I feel myself getting stressed and I'll remember something from a book um, that I finished. Let's say, for example, this week, particularly for me, um, Ryan Holiday's Ego is the Enemy and Obstacle is the Way, which again, books that I forgot to mention, but they are fantastic. Very good. Yes, I wanted to read that. So you let me know if it's worth it. It is. Uh, let me tell you that those books, you will continue to use them throughout. Like it's just so many fantastic principles from the book. So like I'll be in a particular moment. I'll just be like, OK, pause. What did you learn? Or like it'll just be like a quote from the book will come into my mind and I'll be like, oh, that's mm -hmm. so useful. And then practice it. Like even just from the name, like one of my favorite quotes um, from Obstacle is the Way, um, I think it goes something along the lines of um, whatever obstacle that you face is an opportunity for you to practice virtue, whether that be patience, gratitude and a whole bunch of other virtues. But it, whenever I'm like in a situation, where I'm like, OK, this is challenging. I just remember that quote and think to myself, see the obstacle as an opportunity to practice something. And that in itself is so Islamic because just that idea of whatever situation that you're presented with. Mm -hmm you see as an opportunity to 
flex those muscles of patience or gratitude. But I think it's not every time that you read a book that you automatically put it into practice. I do want to emphasize that. <laughs> it takes time. What kind of knowledge is like easy to apply and what kind of knowledge would be more harder to apply? I think knowledge relating to character or knowledge relating to developing your heart takes a lot longer than let's say practical knowledge that is about time management for example so if I read a book that is about um like how to organize your, uh, how to organize your life those are very I mean it's still challenging sometimes but it's very like practical and easy to do the books that are more about how to be a like an like an ethical human being, how to live differently in a way that you're being impacted, I would say more challenge because it requires a certain level of self-awareness that you might not necessarily mm. bring to every moment. I think like mindfulness to me is such a is such a key thing now because I think it's only when you're mm. mindful that you're fully able to implement the things that you're learning. So like I, if I've learned something, but in the moment as I'm, as I'm experiencing, as I'm experiencing like an opportunity for me to implement it, if I'm not mindful of, okay, this is what I'm actually feeling, then I can't implement it. So like if I think about Brene Brown and um, courage and vulnerability, for example. So let's say on days where perhaps I'm like shy about promoting my podcast because sometimes I get that wariness of oh my god I don't want to disturb people and tell them listen to my podcast <laughs> but then that mindfulness <laughs> it's like you know what this is like let me just admit to myself this is a moment of vulnerability and why is that like just be practicing honesty with yourself and then I'll implement it but mm -hmm. it like I said it does take self-awareness Yes, that is very true as as well. What do you say? The self awareness equaling the being honest to yourself. I think that, mm. like we we get a lot of knowledge and then we want to share it with others, and then at the same time that we share it, we're like, oh my god, we're such a hypocrite, you know? Like I'm not even applying it, but then I don't have time to. Like, how do you practice this honesty? How you, how are you more like? How do you get more self aware? Oh my god, all the time. Like that point that you made about sharing stuff that you are not practicing. Swanla, like that is such. I think that. It's something that I'm very cautious of. And there was like a long period of time where I wasn't posting because I just thought, oh my God, like if I'm not implementing something currently, like let's say I've come across um, a new information in a book and I think, oh, this is going to benefit so many people. Mm -hmm. And if I then thought to myself, but I'm not fully implementing it, let's say I'm doing it on and off. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel comfortable sharing that. And so there was like, there will be long periods of time where even though I felt like I wanted to share something, the fact that I wasn't practicing it in the way that I wanted to practice it held me back from sharing it it's only recently where I thought again like life isn't linear in that sense like there's some things that I might have um mm. been practicing like a while back that'd be like oh actually no I don't do that anymore but it's still okay for me to share that because someone else might benefit from it so it's like a balance if that makes sense between I'm not practicing this currently mm. do I share it or you know what I'm working on it as well And I see this as an opportunity for other people to like practice it with me, if that makes sense. Um, I think something that I've seen in your podcast is that it's really good to have an accountability partner. Someone, yes. that, for example, is reading the same book as you or someone that is like trying to implement the same as you. So you can, you can share it without fully mm. having having like mastered it but you kind of hold each other accountable like you you show each yeah. other how can you apply it and I think it's also different parts of life different cultures different like family situations and different parts of your 
on on your journey, you can apply differently. Mm. So having someone that shares with you this kind of knowledge and applies it in their way is kind of also an inspiration for you to to see how you can apply it better definitely definitely I think that's such a that's such an important point like thank you for raising that because I think if you're surrounded by people who are on the same journey as you and you're all trying to like develop like similar sort of like skills or similar um like qualities based on the books that you're reading even on days like where you're struggling to implement it being in that company or being in one company can really inspire you and think, oh my God, I need to like do this again. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that's actually been, alhamdulillah, like such a huge benefit from the podcast because like on days when I listen back to it, I'm just like, oh, I need to get back on this because I talked about yeah. doing this. And let's say like, I haven't done it in a while. And I just think to myself, oh, this could actually bring like benefit to my life again. Yeah. So it's good to constantly like, yeah, refer back that's so true that's so true it's good to also work on your own content like you've been writing you read and then you write like you reflect yeah multiple levels Mm -hmm. what what do you think like I I have the feeling the writing process about a topic or speaking about it brings it more like ingrains it more into your mind make you more aware what kind of like advice do you have for people that think okay I'm reading but I tend to you know like leave the knowledge behind a bit apart from like writing notes what do you think how I how else can people like reflect upon a book to apply it better later on I think the immediate one that comes to mind or one that I've given myself is to slow down so I think if you're seeking Mm -hmm. um like if you're seeking to develop on something the temptation can be let me read as much as possible on that topic so you buy so many like personal development books or whatever it is um and then you have a lot of this knowledge that you don't feel pressure to implement immediately so now in terms of slowing down what I try to do is just like savor the book like one at a time and just like think to myself mm-hmm. what were like the major principles that I learned from this book and strangely enough, it goes back to like self-awareness again. So it's even though you might not be making notes, there will be concepts or things from the book that will be in your mind. So when they come, like when they come into your consciousness again, just like sitting in that reflection <laughs> and letting it be really helps. So even if you're not like actively writing about it, like when it comes to your consciousness, mm-hmm. just thinking about it and thinking, oh, so like, how does this affect my life? How could I possibly do something differently? Sometimes even talking to yourself helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for you to like just think about it <laughs> like I really like this <laughs> yeah yes, exactly yes. we should promote that more self-talk mm, that, that's a really important point I think because mm. now we're always thinking of how can we make things faster how can we you know get the fast track and hack things yeah but sometimes we really just need to like pause and break and be very honest about exactly what we take in what are like for those who are listening and who want to get into reading what would you say are the mm. first steps for someone either that says I don't have the patience to read or I don't have the time, I'm just busy or what kind of resources can you give them to like start and get into the process of gaining more knowledge? Um, I think we all say this on the podcast. I don't think this, I think most people just haven't found what they love reading. Like we love stories. Like think about how Mm. much hours people invest in watching TV shows 
you love stories. <laughs> it's just a matter of finding the kind of book that appeals to you. And so like if you find if you find that genre that you particularly love and there's so many different ones, you will make the time. I think it's that thing of like developing or cultivating the love for it because whatever it is that you love, you find the time to do. So like if you mm-hmm. like love like fantasy African literature personal development like there's just so many biographies because I know like literally some of my friends I know who never read fictions all they do read is biographies and that's fine because that's what like they love so I think experimenting with different genres and then different like mediums as well so you don't have to like pick up a physical book some sometimes just like buy a book on kindle and like if you have one minute like we said earlier um waiting for something or if you have like a moment where you're commuting just because you always have your phone that's the other thing as well actually that's the most convenient tip I can give you start reading from a kindle first because you always have your phone (laughs) at least for (laughs) us in our millennial age you always have your phone with you so then that just like creates moments of convenience um where you can read and I think with reading it can also be like once you find your sweet spot so to speak then it can also be like it's it becomes a habit that you love to cultivate until no one needs to encourage you to start mm. reading. What do you think is the big difference between listening and reading? Ah, oh, that's such a good question. I think, so for myself, it's very, I don't listen to as much audiobooks as I do physical reading. Because I think with audiobooks, you need someone that mm-hmm. is very engaging to narrate it so the the most memorable one for me is Trevor Noah's Born a Crime and so like listening to that it's like just completely engaging experience the major difference I would say is if you're reading a book in yourself it involves more active in, active engagement from you in like contrast with if you're listening to it because someone else is reading the book to you so it's very similar to let's say listening to a podcast whereas if you're reading the physical book or on a kindle you're actively like having to do the work (laughs) and like if you're listening to audio you could be doing a thousand other things and still listening to the audio whereas if I'm picking up a book that's all I'm doing that's the major difference for me so it, it depends it depends on who's written the book and what the book is about but most of the time I do, I do. I think it makes a big difference as well if the if the writer is the reader. Yes, exactly. It definitely makes a huge difference. So for uh, coming to the podcast topic, finally, uh, mm-hmm. we I want to talk about book recitations, <laughs> which, which is a really, really good name. Like my husband is like talking about it. He's like, oh, what's, what's that with Mahmoud? And like, good book recitations. I'm like, you branded it so well, uh-huh. mashallah. <laughs> it sticks in your mind um first of all how did you start why did you start what the what was the objective and what is the vision for it right so we started book conversations i think around strangely enough like um the first time we ever used the name book conversations it was over an instagram live so we were just like mm-hmm. chilling out and we thought oh let's do an um instagram live of the top five books um that we really enjoyed that year and we decided we wouldn't tell each other what our top five was and just do it spontaneously um and we just had such a great time doing that and like a lot of people um like message us and were like oh um I want to read the books that you were talking about like send us the link and then it was just kind of like on pause until we finished uni and then this summer actually this year this summer we were hanging out again (laughs) And we were just talking again about the books that both of us were reading. And we just thought, oh my God, we need to, like, we should do a podcast. 
And because we'd already done the Instagram live, we just thought well, we're going to name it Book Conversations because essentially we were already having like conversations inspired by the books that we were reading. So we just thought it fits. And it's like a good avenue again to encourage people to read because sometimes I think the challenge is that people are like, okay, so how does this book relate to my day-to-day life? Or like, how do books in general relate to my day-to-day life? And we thought like, if we could do that through fiction and non-fiction books and just have like general conversations. So you don't have to have read the books to listen to the podcast so we just thought it'd be a good way for us you know like to have conversations about topical things that were happening in society but also to share our love of reading at the same time as well so that was the intention behind us starting it so that's by the way another tip for those who say they don't have time to read books just yeah do a book conversations podcast yeah so what do you think uh, I have a one last question for you which is mm. what is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself from yeah. reading and consuming knowledge consistently oh I have to think about this that's a really good question <laughs> I think right. just how like fundamental or crucial like reading is for my survival reading and writing I would say because it's like just two fundamental expressions of who I am. Like the biggest thing I've learned is I think my eagerness to share stories and to consume other people's stories. Cause I like, I just learned so much from the lives of people who've come before us. Like again, going back to Malcolm X and Maya Angelou, I think just reading their books, there's this overwhelming, like just feeling of awe that you get about how important it is for us to document our stories. Cause I think about how like, if both of their books didn't exist the the knowledge and the transformation that would be missing in our lives like how powerful stories are and I think that's why like you know like one of the questions that I get a lot is for people who are interested in blogging who are perhaps like scared of like sharing their own like stories or their own voices whether that be through blogging or like podcasting and I always say you never know who's going to benefit from your from your stories and your voice because I know how much like it's been transformational for me reading about other people's story and seeing like and just getting different lessons from them even if I haven't been through the same experience and at this point another book has come to my mind um I read Lema um how do you pronounce her name Lema Bowie's um book she's a Nobel Prize winner who did a lot of work um Oh my God, the country's escaping me now. It's not Libya and it's not Congo. In Gambia. I think it was in Gambia. I'll check that. But um, and I remember reading that book and like just being on the train. Yeah. I was reading it on a commute and just crying because I was thought, yeah. like, how amazing is it that this mm-hmm. woman just selflessly and you read that book and you just think, super woman. And I, I just like, I was so moved by the stories. It was about you know what let me actually get it right um it was about rebuilding um yeah and check <laughs> liberia that's it i was ah, like it's not libya but it's not- <laughs> um so she's lima bawi and she's a peace activist um that helped to bring an end to the second liberian civil war in 2003 mm-hmm. um and the book 
that she wrote is titled Mighty Be Our Powers, How Sisterhood, Prayer and Sex Changed a Nation at War. It's a phenomenal book. Mm. And I was just so inspired by it, like just how she was able, like this woman being stuck in the middle of a war, how she was able to galvanize other women, seeing that experience of how like it was so challenging, but they were so committed to creating a different country for everyone. And I think those are the moments I really appreciate about reading, like the moments where I'm just in complete awe and I'm just, I just think to myself, like, what an incredible world to be living in. Because I think sometimes <laughs> it can be so depressing and books just allow me to connect yeah. to people that I might not otherwise meet. So that's actually, that's the best reason for you to read. <laughs> I think it's about just that connection. And I think a, a big thing about this, like that I can mm. take away from this is that you never know how much you get influenced yes. by stories, that your stories can Definitely. influence others and move them, yeah. you know, and inspire them. So it's very interesting that you came from reading to writing because I think that is just like the natural mm. thing to do, to read stories and just think, you know, it is necessary that I can tell my own story as well. Exactly. So much, I'm very Thank proud you. of you. <laughs> and likewise, like the podcast is another medium of storytelling. So thank you for having Share Diversity. <laughs> thank you for coming. I have one more thing thank that I need you. from you, which is mm -hmm. uh, one question that you would ask the audience that they can comment on. What's the book that's transformed their lives? Well, I have two questions. For the people who you can say some some like three questions if you want, no worries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, yeah, no, because I'm always. I think we talked a lot about like um like the challenges for people like in terms of like reading. So I'm really interested in like knowing more about that. Like, what kind of challenges people um face when they're reading, or like what prevents them from reading um more. And then two, what books have transformed their lives? Because I would love to check those out myself. So yeah. Nice. Alhamdulillah. So happy that you came and took the time to talk to me. Thank you for having me. And now, Mahmoudat and I would love to hear from you. Answer Mahmoudat's questions below. And don't forget, the real deal is going on at sharediversity.com. Jump on the newsletter, comment below this episode and... Share your diversity with us. If you're still with us and you enjoyed this episode, like and share it with your friends and family. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes so we can keep creating content that is relevant to you. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum.